Our first scripture of the Advent season comes from the prophet Isaiah, chapter 9, verses 2 to 7. Before we read that, let us pause for a moment in prayer. Good and holy God, God who inspired the prophets and all the writers of this holy word, Lord, we come and we thank you for giving us this revealed word. Lord, knowing that we cannot understand any part of your will unless you reveal it to us. And Father, we know that we cannot even understand this revealed word unless the same spirit that inspired these words would inspire us again. And so, Father, breathe your Holy Spirit upon us, I pray, that we may hear, that we may read, and that we may understand. Lord, bless this holy reading of your holy word, and may the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. This is from the prophet Isaiah, chapter 9, verses 2 to 7. Listen now to the word of the Lord. The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who dwelt in a land of deep darkness, on them light has shone. You have multiplied the nation. You have increased its joy. They rejoice before you as with joy at the harvest, as they are glad when they divide the spoil. For the yoke of his burden and the staff for his shoulder, the rod of his oppressor, you have broken as on the day of Midian. For every boot of the trampling warrior in the battle tumult and every garment rolled in blood will be burned as fuel for the fire. For unto us a child is born, for unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of peace. Of the increase of his government and of peace there will be no end. On the throne of David and over his kingdom to establish it and to uphold it with justice and with righteousness from this time forth and forevermore. The zeal of the Lord of the hosts will do this. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Well, it's this time of year again, right? Uh, I know you all were anticipating it coming just now, right? It always feels like it comes early, but be honest, it comes the same time every year. It never gets here early, always right on time. Now, when I say this time of year, I'm not talking about the Christmas season. I'm talking about Black Friday weekend. Right, this is the time of year where we rush out to store in mobs, and we uh, just uh, get there early. We charge in like a riot. We tear the store up. We fight over with each other over deals for dish towels or headphone speakers or something of that nature. Right, happens every year. Happens every year. We get the videos of some, some way or some manner, in which America really shames itself. And the way we act on try to just getting deals on stuff. Now, now here, th- this year was a little low-key because they didn't have as many of those uh, door busters they normally do. However, there was a shooting in Tacoma, Washington at a mall, I think over some stuff. So once again, we carry on that proud tradition of Black Friday weekend of going out and just fighting 
Like we don't have any manners at all over stuff. And so every year I always ask, how did we get here? How, how did this holiday, this Christmas season get to the place where we are now? How did it start with celebrating the birth of Jesus? God incarnate, God dwelling among us, the Prince of Peace, everlasting Father. All these things we read about in Isaiah today. People walking in darkness have seen a great light. The government shall be on his shoulders. There shall be no, no end to the peace, the righteousness, and justice. How do we go from celebrating that to fighting over stuff like animals? How do we get there? I think the reason is probably pretty clear. The reason's obvious. And the reason is we're not celebrating Christ anymore. In Christmas, in our culture, in our world, we are not celebrating Christ. We've got Christmas without Christ. Now, there's one thing besides the, the, the Black Friday chaos and madness that I really hate about this season, what really gets me about Christmas season. And that's the people that want to tell me not to say Merry Christmas. That really burns me up. They say, no, you can't say Merry Christmas. You're not allowed to say Merry Christmas. It's like, why can't I say Merry Christmas? It's like, you're opposing your religion on me. You can't say Merry Christmas. And I'm saying, this is our holiday. Okay, this is a Christian holiday. The whole reason we've got the presents and the lights and the songs and the parties is because of Jesus Christ. It's a Christian holiday. Okay, it was ours first. And I'm not going to give up Merry Christmas. I'm not going to let you take it from us. Not anyone take it from us. Because this is the reason why we do what we do this year. This is the reason why this season is so great. So in our culture, in trying to take Christmas from the church, and trying to take Christ out of Christmas, what they want to do is have all the fun, all the celebration, all the parties, and all the gifts without the reason why we celebrate those. They're trying to take Christ out of Christmas. And the question I always have for people that, okay, if you're, not, if you're not celebrating Christmas, if you're not celebrating the mass of Christ, then what exactly are you celebrating? What is it? What are we celebrating here? Some people have taken it and said, well, we're, gonna, we're celebrating the season, right? Season's greetings. We're celebrating the season. And I'm like, Winter? We're celebrating winter, like we're celebrating the fact that it gets really, really cold, that the flu goes around, and that our electric bill gets really high. Hey, man, wow, I'm all, all for that one. And then others have said, no, no, we're going to celebrate family. We say family and loved ones. But what if you don't have any family? Got no reason to celebrate, and there are people out there that are alone that don't have any family. What if there's somebody really special that you're missing this year? And we're just throwing that you got to celebrate family in your face. And now it's just going to make the season more painful because you're thinking, well, I've got no reason to celebrate at all. But I do have to hand it to the culture because they've worked very, very hard and sometimes quite imaginatively to find a way to celebrate the season and, and to make it celebration worthy without trying to bring or allow Christ into it 
where he belongs. And what they've really done, they've kind of made a mess of it. Because if you take Christ out of Christmas, you just have muss. That's all you got. You got muss, which really is just a mess, which is what they made of the holiday. And they've, they've come up with this, this new mythology, this new story to try to, try to make it special. Right? Because Jesus has been replaced, of course, by the man in red, Santa Claus. He's become the, the primary deity of Christmas. And they've even invoked this thing called Christmas spirit. It's Christmas spirit that moves among us. It's the spirit of peace and goodwill among all men and kindness and charity. And I'll say it, it does make for some good movies. If you like those Hallmark movies and the Lifetime ones that will pretty much have the same story over and over again in a Christmas setting. But it doesn't really give us a reason to celebrate. In fact, they've only one reason they've left in this holiday to celebrate. Presents. That's what they've got left. Celebrate presents. Celebrate gifts. And that's what we have come. I say we as you individual, but we as a culture, as a modern Western American culture, the only thing that we celebrate. And that's what Christmas is now. It is the celebration of giving gifts. Which is funny because in a normal celebration, you give gifts to celebrate something. Like your birthday or the birth of Christ. But since we've taken Christ out of it, what we celebrate now is giving gifts. It's a holiday that centers around giving gifts and giving presents. That is this holiday. Why do we celebrate Christmas? To get gifts. It's the gift-giving holiday. And this is how and why buying and selling has become so dominant. It's because in Christmas, we celebrate giving gifts. Which means if you want a good Christmas, you have good gifts. That's what makes a good Christmas. If you want to have a big Christmas, a big Christmas celebration, you give a lot of gifts and you make them really big. And of course, if you want a better Christmas, only way to do that is better presents, right? So instead of giving presents to celebrate Christmas, to celebrate Christ, we're left with a holiday where we celebrate giving presents. So it's a very subtle turn of events that has happened over, say, probably the last 100, 150 years in our culture where the presents and the gifts have come to dominate and Christ and Jesus has become less and less until the gifts have become central, which means today we celebrate gifts. And once we've done that, is it any wonder that we go mad over the deals? Is it any surprise that we fight over the gifts? Because that is, after all, what we're celebrating. Stuff. So why not fight over them? Why not get the best? Because that means having the better Christmas. It's, it's what makes the holiday. So fight away. Fight away for the gifts that make our holiday. Now it's for this reason I'm asking you to join me in a conspiracy. Sounds fun, doesn't it? I've always wanted to be a part of a conspiracy. Sounds really cool being part of it. 
This is what we're calling the Advent conspiracy. It's a conspiracy to take Christmas back. It's a conspiracy to put Christ back in our holiday. Because I think about every year, one or more of us, I know I do this, but every year complain that the magic is gone from the holidays. You know, Christmas just isn't what it used to be. I just remember it being so much more fascinating, so much more magical, so much more meaningful. And if the magic is gone out of the holidays, I've got to say, it's probably our fault. It's probably our fault that the magic has left the seasons because we've allowed Jesus to take a smaller and smaller role in our celebration, and we've allowed the presence to make a bigger and bigger, well, presence in our celebrations. But the good news is, if we let them out, we can bring them back in. We can make Jesus part of our holidays again. We can make Christmas about Christ. And when we make Christmas about Christ again, we can once again put the magic and the wonder and the joy in our celebration. And that's what I want us to do this Christmas, this Advent. Make Christ central in Christmas, which is where he belongs. Like I said, it's called the Advent Conspiracy. Now, this wasn't my idea. This was an idea that was launched by a church a few years ago, and it started catching on from church to church. And we are joining in that conspiracy as well and asking you to join us. It's a great idea, and there are four central principles in this Advent Conspiracy, four principles in putting Christ back in Christmas. So worship fully, spend less, give more, and love all. Very simple. Worship fully, spend less, give more, and love all. And if we can focus on this, focus on ways to make Christ central in Christmas instead of the presents, instead of the gifts, I think we can end up with a better and a more meaningful Christmas holiday. You know, back in October, I was reading, um, and you probably read this too, stories about supply chain problems we're going to have. There's all these ships that are stuck in ports and they can't get their goods off. There's not enough trucks to deliver them from the ports to the stores. There's not enough employees in the stores to sell the goods we want. And I remember reading a story, it was warning us, saying this Christmas, there's probably going to be a big shortage. This Christmas, there's not going to be enough gifts for us to celebrate like we normally do. And I was reading stories of people getting very anxious. And maybe you did. I did a little bit. There was going to be a shortage of goods, and maybe we can't celebrate like we normally do. I want to tell you something about myself. Um, if I'm in a store and there's like tons and tons of people running towards something, I'll go the other way. Like, I'm not, I mean, maybe you're one of those Black Friday people, you love being out there in the crowds. No, no, not me. I mean, if I, I'll even go to a store and if I'm driving around and there's lots of people looking for a spot, I just leave. So I'll come back later. And I'm not one to get embroiled in that. And I'm not one to get anxious about buying gifts. And when I read that story about all these supply chain problems, 
I decided I'm not going to freak out about it. If there's not stuff to buy, I just won't buy it. And then Liz and I got together and we sat down and we thought, you know, maybe we'll just be deliberate this year and we're going to spend less money on Christmas and less money on the gifts. And we even brought our kids and we, we told them, we said, kids, where you're getting one present this year. It's not going to be like the normal Christmas where there's this, this extravagant, embarrassing blowout of presents. You're getting one gift. And I'm surprised they took it quite well. I mean, I was expecting a little, little pushback, a little like, what? But no, they took it pretty well. And it's one gift for our kids this year. And we even got together with our larger family, and we, we talked with them about it, and we said, what if instead of trying to buy each other all stuff, we just draw names, and one person has to buy one gift, and one person receives one gift. And, and, and about the same time we, we did this, and this is, this is the way the Holy Spirit works. It's really cool God stuff. But at the same time we were talking about this and doing this, Liz found this Advent conspiracy. And she's like, well, this is the same stuff we were talking about, about making Christmas less about the buying and making Christ more. An amazing thing has happened. Already, already, we decided to do this amazing thing has happened. I'm going to tell you this. You might get mad at me. You'll probably get a little jealous. We're almost done shopping. No, we are really. We have two presents left to get. I'm not kidding. And we are done with Christmas shopping. It's not even December yet. And we're almost finished. It was an easy list to tackle because it was a much, much smaller list. And there was hardly any stress involved in it. Now we've got the whole month the whole month of December to enjoy the holiday and to find ways to celebrate Christ. And that's what we want to challenge you to do today is to find a way or find many ways to make this holiday less about presents and more about Christ. And for our part, we're going to be doing this sermon series on the Advent conspiracy to talk about worshiping fully, about spending less, about giving more, about loving all. We've got the sermons. We've got the devotionals. That's what we're going to be doing for kids' church. That's what the youth group is going to be studying. And we want, we, what we want you to do is talk to your families about how you can make it happen in your life. Husbands and wives, get together, talk about this. Bring the kids in and ask them, how can we make this holiday more about Christ? And it's not about how other people celebrate. I don't care. How, I mean, I do care how that, but don't worry about what they're doing. Don't worry about how the world's going crazy and lost the meaning of Christmas. You keep the meaning of Christmas. You make this holiday special. And maybe in doing so, people will see that you've got something of that magic that they have lost in the holidays. And they'll, what are you doing different? How are you so stress-free this holiday? How is it you are enjoying it so much? And you can say, let me tell you what I've done. Let me tell you the ways that I've done to put Christ back in Christmas. So how will you make this season more about worship and less about presents? How will you make this season more about giving and less about receiving? How will you make this season more about Jesus and less about the man in red? I'm looking forward to see what's going to happen. 
I'm looking forward to see what Christ is going to do in your life. Because what Jesus said to us, he says, if you seek, you will find. If you knock, I will answer the door. If you make an effort to seek him out, if you make an effort to carve out a sacred space for Christ, then God will answer you with amazing. So let's make this holiday amazing. Not with more gifts, not with more spending, not with more chaos, but with more Jesus. Let's join the conspiracy to put Christ back in Christmas. And once we put Christ back in Christmas, we make the holiday what it was meant to be. To God be all the glory forever and ever. Amen.